1: Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where you can uh, hang around and check out the nuts and bolts of life. Brings you Garage Logic podcast number 633, June 9th, 2021. 95 degrees is the record on this day, and that occurred on three occasions, 1911, 1973, and 1976. And it was 39 degrees on this day in 1915. So back in 1973, at least, when it was 95 degrees in this day, kids were swimming at the beach. You know, I can always tell whose beach has used Aquacide because that's where all the kids are because Aquacide products keep the beaches free of weeds and muck. There is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. You call Aquacide, a White Bear Lake company. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Their products are... Are uh, easy to use. They begin working right away and they're registered with the EPA and DNR. You can call Aquaside at 1 800 328 9350 or go to aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on production. Chris Reavers, director of social media; John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense.
2: Your Mayor, Joe Souchere.
1: We're about to be joined by Leo Golden. He is the Vice President of Major Projects for N Bridge Energy Management LLC. Based in Calgary, and uh, of course, we now know of a protest of a different sort. Uh, Unlike Uptown, we now have an uprising uh, up around Park Rapids, where uh, uh, workers are trying to complete uh, the Line Three. Hello, Leo Golden. Hello, Joe. Are you? Are are we reaching you in Calgary?
2: I am actually up in Bemidji right now. Really? You have to be on. Is
1: it? Are you there because of uh, what's happening, or would you be there anyway?
2: I would be here anyway. So I, I travel around a fair bit, but I sure like to get out to the field and, and meet with all those uh, those great workers that are out there building the pipeline right now and the communities. So How I spend fa- about half my time here.
1: How far is it from completion?
2: Uh, we're, uh, boy, approaching, uh, we're north of 60% complete on the on the pipeline itself now, on the pipe portion of it, and on the facilities, you know, the facilities. Uh, uh, part of what I'm sure we're going to talk about today, we're we're closer to 75 percent complete.
1: When that pipeline was originally built in the 60s, I know that's before your time, but were there protests back then?
2: <laughs> no, there weren't protests back then. No, this was uh, this is a part of what everyone understood to be infrastructure, just critical to uh, delivering uh, you know the, that energy that everybody needs. It was a, a part of building building the nation. Yeah.
1: What what has happened? We all have our ideas, but what in God's name has happened in the intervening fifty years? <laughs> uh, that's that's a really good
2: question. I'm sure something that's beyond me uh, beyond me to, uh, to to tell your your listeners about. But you know, the one thing I would con- I can say is that I believe pipelines have become a symbol. Uh, in a battle, that's about something more uh, than pipelines, mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I also think that there's uh, a lack of understanding of just how important this infrastructure is to sustaining the lives that we that we all enjoy. Um, you know, the Line Three pipeline in particular is a is a piece of existing infrastructure that's delivering almost 400,000 barrels a day of crude oil. Today, uh, that's oil that's that's used in all parts of our economy, uh, and frankly, just about everybody in the region uh, uses the products and depends on the products that it delivers. I think people have maybe some people have maybe lost sight of that connection.
1: I think people have lost sight that what what is being protested. It's exactly the lives we all enjoy. That's my sad yeah. conclusion, and it's happening in a variety of dynamics, not just at pipelines, but you're probably aware of the disruptions in, in Minneapolis, for example. But what, yeah. among the many things these protesters don't understand is pipelines are safer than trains.
2: Uh, yes, they are. Um, and, you know, that's something that certainly is on the record through our— uh, our. Uh, Uh, or evidentiary process and hearing process at the Public Utilities Commission, Uh, it is uh, by far the safest way to transport transport crude oil.
1: And any rational person would say to themselves, well, how did these protesters get there, including Jane Fonda? I presume she didn't walk there. She probably flew into the Twin Cities, or maybe she flew into Bemidji, and uh, every protester there didn't walk there. Uh, That seems to be uh, beyond them, and... And uh, I've seen pictures of the damaged equipment. It's just uh, terrible.
2: Yeah, it's certainly disheartening. There's, there's no question. And you know, in the lead up to that, uh, you know, it's it's hard to describe without seeing some of the images. But there was a point where our workforce uh, thought they were actually going to be uh, going to be barricaded in, mm-hmm. in into this contained site, and then it became clear that they were actually going to be overrun and occupied, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful that they were all able to get out safely. Uh, we had an evacuation plan in place, and uh, and they followed that, and we got all our people out and and had them accounted for as quickly as possible. Um, but certainly, once the once that mob was uh, was inside, they they undertook a very active um, program of of damage and vandalism.
1: Where exactly are we talking about? Near Park Rapids?
2: We are. It's uh, it's north of Park Rapids. I've uh, I've lost a number of miles in my head right now, but uh, it's a it's a pump station for us called the Two Inlets Pump Station, just north of Park Rapids.
1: And uh, has that been compromised recently?
2: Uh, we are, uh, uh, you know, following the uh, following the uh, uh, the actions on Monday and early Tuesday. Uh, we are we are out there now actually in implementing a verification program. So. Uh, you know this is critical infrastructure uh, it's complex and uh, you know highly technical infrastructure and we uh, we have to go out and verify that there is no damage to uh, to any of that equipment or the associated electronics and control systems um, because the the safe operation depends on that so uh, at this point we haven't found Uh, Significant damage to uh, to some of uh, or to most of that equipment, but it's something that we can't take any chances on. I'll
1: I'll read Uh, you a I'll read you a paragraph from today's St. Paul Pioneer Press. Two protesters spent the night, meaning last night, apparently locked down in a boat blocking the entrance to one construction site while two others locked themselves underneath the boat tucked in behind duffel bags, beach chairs, water bottles, and clothing. A Hubbard County Sheriff's deputy and a handful of private security guards stood by in the morning, but other law enforcement officers arrived as authorities went to work cutting the protesters free. Do you have enough law enforcement?
2: Well, you know, it's. Uh, it's certainly something that uh, that came up during our, our PUC action, our PUC hearing. Um, you know, we've heard many protesters uh, refer to this as direct action. Um, I certainly don't see it that way. I don't believe the communities see it that way. This is, um, you know, this is beyond that uh, by any measure. This is um, this is vandalism. This is violent entry into uh, into a workspace, chasing off. Ah, uh, workers like uh, you know, not just our primary contractor, Michaels, but also a local tribal contractor, Gordon Construction, uh, along with the destruction of much of the equipment um, that was was in there. And you know, it's, it's almost every single tire has been slashed. Almost, uh, wow. You know, there there's significant damage to excavators. Uh, this is some uh, some pretty significant damage to the site.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, I would hope that you can tell me that arrests are being made as soon as possible.
2: Yes, uh, yes, it was. And, you know, going back to your your earlier question about about police, um, you know, I do believe that that a part of the tactic here is to overwhelm local police forces. It's, Mm -hmm. in my view, unconscionable uh to, to to distract and redirect all of those critical community resources so law enforcement was brought in from uh from other areas to support local law enforcement uh in the uh, in the uh, the arrest of uh, many of those protesters who were refusing to leave so i believe the final number was up or close to 200 uh arrests at the end of the day
1: do you harbor any fear? A two-part question. Do you harbor any fear that the that the line won't be completed? And is it is the line operating now at, uh, at a diminished capacity? I would imagine.
2: Yeah this uh, this line has to be has to be completed. You know, going back to my earlier comment, um, you know, Minnesota and the surrounding areas depend on the energy today delivered by this. This uh, this pipeline, mm-hmm. we've been very clear that the uh, and the, the regulatory process is confirmed the existing pipeline needs to be replaced. Uh, FIMS, uh, our our national regulator, um, back under uh, under President Obama's administration, um, requested that that we replace this pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're under. So, do I harbor fears that it won't be replaced? It must be replaced. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I don't. I do harbor fears that. You know, the uh, the escalating action of, of a small portion of society this protest movement uh, is going to cause some uh, some physical harm um, you know've we've, we've seen escalating actions that could result in personal safety issues uh,
1: how many how many protesters do you think are, are present in the hundreds?
2: Uh, it's more than hundreds I, you know I, I wasn't out there on, uh, on Monday to, to witness this. We've heard reports of, of over a thousand, but certainly those numbers are going down now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are going. People are going back to their home states.
1: When is the scheduled completion date?
2: Uh, we are scheduled to be in service in Q4. So, um, you know, following uh, following a spring shutdown for uh, for road restrictions and environmental permit conditions, we have been ramping back up. We have by probably close to 3,000 of our workforce is back in the region now uh, actively constructing the, uh, the pipeline, and a lot of that work is going to wrap up in the next few months.
1: How many of the employees are from surrounding communities in Minnesota? In other words, this is a job provider for a lot of these towns, isn't it?
2: Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, most of them are local. Really?
1: Yes. Including a Native American contract with an excavation firm.
2: Oh, absolutely, and multiple native contractors. Actually, this has been a, a big part of our effort here. Uh, we made a commitment during our hearing to spend at least one hundred million dollars on with uh, with tribal-owned businesses and through tribal employment. And you know, we're we're way above that now. Closer, uh, we're approaching three hundred million. Yeah.
1: Kenny,
3: um, for, uh, thanks for joining us, Leo. From what I understand, the existing pipelines do run through the Leech Lake Reservation, but the the Line 3, which takes a hard right at the Clearbook Terminal, does not run through any Native American lands, correct? It runs down to Park Rapids, then hangs a left, and uh, runs over north of Mille Lacs, and then hooks up again with the existing
2: pipelines, right? Uh, it does, but uh, just one minor correction, it does cross the Fond du Lac. Reservation. Oh, it
3: does. Okay,
2: it does. It does. Okay. And you know the, what I, I do like to point out is we've made many changes to our to our project. Well over three hundred changes to the project as a result of community consultation and engagement that we've undertaken since you know, two thousand uh, and fourteen. And I would like to point out, you know, the the comment you just made about the about crossing reservations. Yeah. We don't cross Leech Lake today because that's what they wanted. Uh, right. We do cross Fond du Lac because that's what they wanted.
3: Yeah, they agreed to this, which is, is uh, so stunning. Uh, and i got to tell you, Leo, I was in the area about a month ago now, and I was out for a drive, and I was headed south towards uh, Lake Mille Lacs, and boom, I came upon the construction on a Saturday. Uh, and then I doubled back, and I followed the line west, where I crossed the line many, many times. And the one thing that struck me was... I can't imagine how many people you have employed. Do you have a number on how many employees are there? Because this is the biggest construction project I've ever seen. I was blown away.
2: Yeah, yeah there, there is a lot of activity out there. And at peak, we were uh, about 5,400 uh, people. Goodness. Ooh, wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Leo,
1: I really, really am heartened by your confidence uh, in your insistence that it's not a matter of if this gets completed, it must be completed.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I also go back to the, we we have engaged in a very meaningful way with essentially every stakeholder, and we have listened And we have made changes and we see the the results of that, the impacts of that today as we continue to to enjoy very strong support in the communities that we, that we're working in.
1: Well, best of luck, sir. I'm glad you're, we're all uh, in, in, what? Yeah, we all, we're we're all in support. Yeah.
3: Yeah. One more thing though, Such, and I know you already covered this, but I wanted to reiterate, this doesn't to me seem to be about the water the, the pipeline itself. It this is about oil, isn't it? I mean they're couching it in, in other terms, but this is simply about the use of oil, right? That's uh, how you know, I,
2: could, I that's I, how I see it. Yeah. I I can't really speak for what their motivations are. You know, I mentioned earlier, I do believe that pipelines have become more of a symbol mm-hmm. uh, right. in bigger yep. discussions. Yes. Yep. Yep.
4: I have just one quick question, Mr. Golden. Which lucky employee got to fly the helicopter the other day?
1: You <laughs> <laughs> did think he enjoyed
4: it. Oh, golf, huh? that was yeah. so yeah. sweet watching yeah. that video. You don't have to answer Yeah, that. you don't have to answer that. Yeah. I was just yeah. kidding. Might have been Leo.
1: Yeah, it might have been Leo. <laughs> No, that was actually not. law, was law enforcement cost, cost. Yeah. flying that, yeah. 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 Thanks, Leo.
2: So thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, best of luck. Best of luck. Thank you. Leo okay. Golden, who is uh, VP of Major Suit. Projects Energy uh, – I'm sorry, Enbridge Energy Management, LLC. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who
3: in their right mind wouldn't want a brand-new pipe – To replace the old deteriorating, worn out, soon to be obsolete. It's going
4: to be safer, it's going to be more efficient, and it's got a different route. What do you want? And you all
1: know the answer to that question. Tell us.
3: Right. No, we know the answer. This isn't about safety. This isn't about clean water. This isn't about Native Americans. This is about oil. This is about the
1: demonization of petroleum.
3: Yep, Mm -hmm. it's that simple.
1: And these hypocrites all drove there. Uh, probably in vehicles that could be better attended and then not be so energy inefficient. Jane Fonda, who obviously has nothing to do and is desperate for some attention, she shows up. Well, she sure as hell didn't walk up or bicycle there. This has to do with what's been coming out of the failed academy for years. This is an outgrowth of, uh, and an entitlement dynamic that believes that uh, America is a foul place that's ruining the environment and, and uh, we the, all know the answers to this. I it,
4: saw a post in regards to this where Biden you know, was vehemently opposed to the line three and then followed it up with in that same press conference that he wants plexiglass in every single, you know, place in America. Oh, oh, um, plexiglass. Hey, hmm. hey, Joe, do you know where plexiglass comes from? I believe yeah, I interesting, do. Interesting, interesting. The North,
1: uh, North Face clothing people are uh, taking a very public anti-petroleum stand, and every bit of their hmm. catalog is full of clothing that requires petroleum. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is just a, a hypocrisy, uh, but we thought we'd... Uh, we had a chance to talk to leo and i'm glad we did because we're just was great. we're just visiting a protest site of another of another type here. yes we got many to choose from and, and, these days and and i i think that there is really little difference between the people protesting line 3 and the people marching on lake street and uptown they're all misguided it's it, there's very little difference facts are not
4: important to them do you think that all the protesters at line 3 also had a cell phone on them probably oh okay interesting it, it's not about the environment. No. If it was about the environment, they would be saying a rosary for these people. Well, if you look at some of the photos that were sent to us right, I did. by our source, yeah. the, all these people that care about the environment, did you see the garbage they it's just, all left it's behind? Just,
1: it's just trashed.
4: <laughs> Chris, I think uh, you were referring to Biden
3: making comments about the... Um, uh, the keystone pipe because oh, is not, that what I'm saying I, I, yeah, I apologize yeah, okay. um, because he has not commented on a line three and the line three opponents they've been calling for him to rescind the army corps permit for the pipeline uh, but yeah so you're far, right you're right he hasn't said anything about that but he did in fact I believe rescind something for the keystone did he not a border crossing or something yes John do you know I think so yes
1: well, if you're going to ride a bike up there, make it a Bentelli e-bike. There we go. From EcoFun Motorsports. Miss Fonda, it, it, when you, it, next time you're in town to Jane, protest. Jane, get on a Bentelli e-bike, you fraud, you <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> That's if Tim will sell her one. Right. <laughs> right down on Highway 61 in Forest Lake, right downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, I should say. Bentelli and Yamaha e-bikes, full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, great service. Great people, and uh, most importantly, the great fit. You'll get the right fit. You'll uh, explain to them your riding needs, and you'll get the right size frame and tires and saddle and handlebars and any optional equipment you want. But those Pintelli e-bikes have five uh, uh, levels of electric assist, and, man, that's important in a heat wave. Mm -hmm. That is important in a heat wave. Great products at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake.
4: Hey, GLers, it's officially mosquito season. If you're getting eaten up in your yard, please call my guys at Mosquito Shield. They are owned and operated by GLers' fantastic people. Ray and Mike, they are a father and son team who own and operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities. They've been at it since 2014, and now in western Wisconsin. Listen to this. Jay was so impressed last year by Mosquito Shield ads on GL that he wanted the service for his yard, so he said, heck with it. He bought his own franchise, and he is now serving western Wisconsin. These guys are legit. I have had them done in my yard, and here's why it's important. They use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. It was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield. They will take great care of you and your yard. Do this right now. Find them online at MoShield.com That's MoShield.com Click on the locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin and you'll find them. Or just give Ray and Mike a call at 612-619-1556 for Minnesota Yards. And for Western Wisconsin, you can call Jay or Jack at 715-410-4221 If you mention GL, you are going to get $75 off your service with Mosquito Shield. Reality with a bite.
1: The Joe Shu Shire Show. Easy for me to say.
3: I long for the day when I make enough money to where I don't have to pay taxes. More on that later. Uh, g- give, give me liberty, or give me liberty. Uh, liberty, as in the Liberty Safe, which obviously, as you know, the best safe ever made. It's a product of the United States of America, sold in this market by Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Now, if you log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com, you'll see for yourself offering full residential and commercial lock and safe services at competitive prices from compact units to huge standalone units, even vault doors if you have a room. But here's the deal, though. Rich, uh, I don't know how to break this to you, GLers. Rich is pulling up stakes and moving on down the road. But thankfully, it's just a little bit down the road. He's actually moving to 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove. And uh, Rich, is uh, he decided he'd rather discount some safes uh, instead of moving them. You know, they're big, they're bulky, they're heavy. That means, among others, you can get 20% off all MSAC safes in stock. But here's the deal. You've got to buy before June 18th. That's a week from this Friday, so you can get them delivered before July 1st. He offers full commercial and residential lock and safe services, and it won't be long. He'll be doing it in brand new digs. Again,
1: maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Kenny accidentally summed up the story of the uh, leaked
3: no, accident.
1: No. Yeah, no, it was an accident. Don't, he didn't you have don't
3: anything. have to. Oh, I think I, he had I an I accident. To, uh, no, I'm not accepting your downspeak. Uh, no. You're not wealthy enough to not pay taxes.
1: I've always said I'm not wealthy enough to pretend I'm a liberal. But the, <laughs> the problem is that everything we learned about these guys ostensibly not paying any taxes, first of all, you're talking about a handful of people. And, no, and number two, and I'm not going to pretend I understand this, uh, wealth is not taxed. Income is taxed, and I don't know how to break that down and get to the bottom of it, but uh, I, I was uh, interested in the Wall Street Journal's take on this. Wealth and income are different, and what Americans pay as a tax on income, not wealth. ProPublica, they, they did the data dump, makes much of the fact that these billionaires pay a lower rate on capital gains and dividends than they do on income. The story suggests that this is unfair, but it isn't. The preferential rate for capital gains and dividends has been a central part of the tax code for decades and for good reasons. Congress has wanted to encourage capital investment. Assets are often held for decades and gains are only realized upon their sale. Gains cannot be adjusted for inflation over the years they are held. And investors cannot deduct net capital losses from income beyond $3,000 a year. Bipartisan majorities have long supported this part of the tax code. And I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I, wa- I want the loopholes fixed. I-, I don't want to pay more tax than Bezos. Bezos. But Bezos isn't doing anything illegal.
4: Yes. If you um, listened to the money report with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, he explained this mm-hmm. thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Seriously, he did. Mm-hmm. Bezos, the likes of Bezos and some of the other names you mentioned, they don't have an income from Amazon or whatever. Right. What they're doing is they're trading almost daily. right? And that's how they're making their money, right. which is untaxable, right. to, to explain it simply. Well, uh, do you guys I want to weigh that. in or can we move on?
3: That went over my <laughs> head. So <laughs> instead of
4: Kenny instead of Jeff Bezos making, you know, $1,000 an hour at Amazon, what he's doing is, okay, I own X number of stocks. Well, I'm going to trade that and I'm still going to make money upon the sale of that trade as opposed to it becoming classified Chris, as income.
3: I I I actually stopped listening. <laughs> that that was All I know is I'm paying the federal government $250 a month until the day I die and I don't make jack squat, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: that's, that's I all
1: I that. know. No, and, and this is a legislative problem. Mm-hmm. You've got senators and congress people who could fix this, simplify it. Instead, it's just like everything else that's going on in the country. We have just complicated, the essentially uncomplicated. And I, I, I don't think it's reasonable uh, see, ProPublica invented something called, and they just dreamed this up, uh, true tax rate. Uh, so they come up with something like, well, uh, Buffett's true tax rate was uh, 0.10%. Okay. When, when yours is, you know, 27% or whatever. So, 13, I, yeah, I want, I want that fixed. I want that fixed. Okay. How are you going to fix it? Well, it has to be done
0: legislatively. Make, we, make tax law tax two laws. Pages. How about that? Make tax laws two in, pages instead of, of two thousand.
4: And you trust the people that are in place right now? I don't That trust are benefiting it. from these tax laws. Not. By the way, of you, course okay. I don't. <laughs>
1: okay. No, we're politically doomed when it comes to something like this. That's right. Well,
3: well, what that were we it, talking about a few years ago? Wasn't it? Was it a flat rate or um, was it Perot Or somebody had a uh, scheme. A um, tall guy. Uh, few elections ago. Larry Byrne. Yeah.
1: Oh,
0: what the hell was his name? Do
1: you uh, guys remember for- that this is the same tax agency that pursued a vendetta against conservative nonprofit groups during the Obama administration? Remember yeah. Lois Lerner? Yeah. This is the same IRS that Democrats now want to infuse with $80 billion more to chase a fanciful amount of uncollected taxes. As part of this effort, Mr. Biden wants the IRS to collect gross inflows and outflows on all business and personal accounts from financial institutions. Why? So the information can be leaked to ProPublica? The IRS says it has begun an investigation into the tax return disclosure and by all means send the guilty to prison. But Congress should also not trust the IRS with any more power and money than it already has.
3: I think just as interesting as all of this and who's not paying taxes is how this information became public. Mm -hmm. And isn't it ironic that it became public when uh, Biden's trying to do what he's trying to do? Terribly convenient, isn't it? Interesting.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Very interesting. Yes. Steve Forbes. (laughs) That's so, it, for We trying to think of yes. who yes. had the flat tax plan. Did you
1: guys read the lead letter to the editor today of the Star Tribune?
3: About the garden? hmm Yeah, I did, and I <laughs> laughed. Me too. Uh, <laughs> it was a belly jiggler. <laughs> oh, it was. I have been an
1: avid gardener in the Twin Cities for 47 years. Growing vegetables and eating what I've grown from seed gives me great pleasure. My signature crop is lettuce. I plant seeds in a cold frame as soon as possible in March. This year, I grew nine varieties, all with different color and crunch profiles. Now, that's some serious gardening talk. Yeah, yeah. Crunch <laughs> crunch I've never heard crunch profile before. Crunch
3: profile. That's, that's insider talk.
1: Our family and friends and neighbors uh, start eating it in early May. It lasts until late June or early July when it starts to bolt and get bitter from the heat. Uh, boy, this guy, if it's a guy, it's named Lane. I don't know if that's a guy or a gal. On Friday, I picked it all, something I've never had to do before. Lettuce simply cannot, uh, lettuce is like muskox, uh, muskox. And lettuce simply can't withstand this way too early. <laughs> Uh, Two weeks of temps from the high 80s to near 100. From melting glaciers to west coast drought, climate change is happening now, and it's all around us. But we just sit here, watching the catastrophe come closer and closer. Now it's reached my backyard. Lane Aries, Edina. You know what? I just don't think it's a catastrophe, Lane. It's hot in summer. That'll happen to your lettuce. Reduce your crunch profile. I watered
3: my garden for an hour this morning. Lettuce seems to be doing fine, even though it's been in the 90s for five
1: days. Mm-hmm. You know, what crunch profile do you have?
3: Yeah, okay. come have on. No, uh, you know what, Joe? I can't tell lettuce from weeds. All I know is I turn the water on for an
1: hour. No, I love lettuce. I was told to do. I'm sure this Lane person is a remarkable gardener. You know, different strains of uh, nine varieties of lettuce
0: this person grew.
1: Nine wow. varieties. I didn't know. There, I thought lettuce was one thing. Lettuce. Right there. I thought
0: there was two or three. Romaine. Yeah, well. Oh, that's oh, yeah. true. Yeah, that's she true. gets iceberg. the uh, iceberg and romaine, and that's about it.
1: Yeah. Well, iceberg would have more of a crunch profile than romaine.
4: Yeah, yes, you're right. You're right. Because iceberg's got the ridges to it, doesn't it?
0: The yeah, ridges wait, to its
4: leaves?
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah it's kind of lumpy. It's kind of lumpy. <laughs> kind of lumpy.
3: I know a lot about tomatoes. Ask me about tomatoes. I don't you want to the... know anything about them. I, I, know, I don't so know anything there it about is, them. Right here. Yeah. You got the little tomatoes. Yep. You got the big tomatoes. That's it. <laughs> That's all you
4: need to know. Yep. Uh, well. Can I admit something really quick? I, I just thought, you know. Uh-oh. Yes. Um. Yeah. So Straight usually I, I water my, my grass at night. It's on a timer deal, right? Sure. And so on Sunday, uh, I accidentally... Forgot because Sunday tends to be a little bit of a long night for me in my house,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, I had set it and left it oh. and then forgotten and she got a little crunchy. So Tuesday, which was the last day of school yesterday in, in our in our public schools, and a lot of a lot of those days, kids like to dress up for photos and whatnot. And the bus stop is in is in front of my house, and it went off while parents and <laughs> kids were taking photos.
3: Fantastic! Fantastic.
4: <laughs> I felt, and I, I I just hear ah, and I went. Oh, crap, the sprinklers. <laughs> and I sprinted to the garage to shut it off.
1: That's what happens I when felt you get drunk awful AF on a Sunday. I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. I was sent a great photograph by an emailer uh, of a, t- a spare tire cover-, cover on the back of an SUV. Probably yeah. a Jeep or something. Sure. Right. This vehicle equipped with millennial anti-theft device, and it's the pattern on top of a gear shift knob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect.
3: perfect.
1: That's wonderful. And I was sent from uh, Jackie uh, up north, sent me. Uh, one year ago today, this lumber in my driveway was two thousand nine hundred and forty one dollars. The same bid today is eleven thousand eight hundred and seventy nine dollars, wow. and it was showing me the uh, deposit of lumber in the yard. And uh, I have no reason. Cow. I have no reason to disbelieve that uh, lumber prices are are going. Uh, uh, well, that's why Kenny made his haul the other day yeah.
4: when he had all that lumber available.
1: And then another emailer oh. had a great point that uh, at thirty eighth in Chicago, which I believe is currently closed, we open then closed, open then closed. We need a
4: thirtieth in Chicago update. We need sounder. an update sounder. That's a good idea. Uh,
1: one emailer said, "What a great place to get rid of your junk." <laughs> <gasps> oh. <laughs> Oh, That's brilliant! Bring over
4: your old couches and stools. I and got stuff? a huge I, mattress in my basement. I got to get rid of, it of there. A huge scrap iron pile. Yes. Wow! Yes. Lawnmowers, mowers. Set it,
1: it set it right there.
0: <laughs> water heaters, furnaces. <laughs> there was an old washer dryer out blocking the road. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because, oh. because apparently the insiders who are controlling the intersection have no interest in the aesthetics. There's no. this, Rookie no. had the no. best idea. Spruce the damn place up. Make it nice. Which led to a really interesting uh, piece in today's Star Tribune uh, opinion pages regarding 38th in Chicago. And it's the fear of some city council aspirants who... Rest my case to be careful what you wish for, because these fruitcakes sound like they'll make the sitting council look good. Not woke enough. Well, the left only runs against the left because they're not left enough. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. Right now, I want to tell you that uh, Center Point Commercial Office Park in Mendota Heights, if you're looking for a new place to work or a different way to work, this is fantastic. It's a uh, rolling campus, shaded Uh, It's like a forest, you park right in front of your own building, you get your own bathroom, you're not waiting for elevators, you're not fighting downtown construction sites or whatever else you might have to fight downtown. It's a park-like setting. It's got walking trails, bike trails, great lunch spots. As I said, free parking right in front of your place. And you customize your building for what you need. It's, uh, they also have this wave purification system in the buildings. I mean, every, every, every dot has been, every uh, I has been dotted, every T has been crossed. It's just a fantastic place. It's close to the airport with easy access to uh, highways 55, 62, 494, and 694. Uh, lets you and your employees work where it's easier to work. It's locally owned and operated. Find out more at escape
4: Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. It does, just check out their website right now. ChillBoys.com. There you can place your order for the comfortable boxers, or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts, sunglasses, whatever you want. Go online right now. Here's the coolest part. If you have an order over $40, it ships fast and free in the United States. Yeah, anywhere. They're a local Minnesota company, and they are so happy to be part of the Garage Logic family. They also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now. So do like we did. Become a part of the Chill Boys family, whether you want the performance, the bamboo, it doesn't matter. You're going to really be happy with your purchase at Chillboys Brand on Twitter. Here's a guy that forgot to hit a liner, Joe Suchere. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try something here, and this
3: is the first time I've ever tried anything. This is usually Such's specialty on a Thursday. roll well, he'll take a negative and spin it into a positive and this is all in relation to Aim High Construction, com. Joe just trotted out a couple of numbers there before the break. Jackie uh, sent a photo of a, a stack of lumber last year uh, that stack of lumber would have cost us two thousand nine hundred forty-one dollars this year, this morning, today. Eleven thousand eight hundred seventy-nine dollars. That's a difference of eight hundred. Uh, excuse me, eight thousand nine hundred thirty-eight dollars. That's a hell of an increase. But here's the deal, GLers. Aim High Construction, MN. They're booked solid through the summer. So you're going to call them today. You're going to get on the schedule. And while you're waiting and you're planning and you're getting ready, the price of that lumber is steadily dropping. And say they give you a quote next week. Your quote is, $20,000 $20,000 in materials. By, you know, six months down the road, that might be down to $10,000. That, GLers, is why you need to call Chris and his crew at Aim High Construction MN today. Roofing, siding, decks, kitchens, everything you can think of, uh, roofs, sh- uh, shingles, you name it, they do it. AimHighConstructionMN.com. Did I kind of do that right, Joe? I think so. I think so. All right. All right. Thanks.
1: Hail the flashlight, King.
2: Hey
1: you! Last night I took my bride to the first Saints game that featured no masks nor social distancing. I was, however, disappointed to see a mere smattering of fans, noting the last game we attended was jammed to capacity as they won the league championship. For the most part, masks were few and far between as these fans were mostly Geller type. Sadly, the masks I did see were younger people who should not have been the ones wearing masks. About the third inning, a beer handler who looked to be in his late 60s lugged his wares up and down the steps in the 90-degree heat. Those cases of drinks packed with ice are damn heavy, but up and down he went, barking out his call, ice-cold beer here. I remarked to my wife and how I admired this man and his toughness. As the game progressed, I pondered with great sadness having had watched earlier in the day middle school kids leaving school wearing masks for blocks as they walked home. Even more disturbing to me is that my co-workers, who have been allowed to work from home for over a year, are now refusing to come back to work on site for totally unfounded fears of COVID. When the truth is they love being able to sleep in, work at half speed, and not be accountable for what has always been a day at work. Joe, I am someone who will always push back. Yes, probably to my own demise, but frankly, I am starting to surrender to the fact that the left has finally destroyed what used to be the country I love. For those of us holding out against their tyrannical rule, we will eventually be identified and dealt with as enemies of the state. Earlier this week, we uh, marked the anniversary of D-Day. I took some time to listen to President Reagan's address to the veterans of D-Day perched above the beaches of Normandy. After the speech ended, my wish was to live in a time when Americans valued freedom and liberty and didn't flinch when asked to defend those freedoms and liberties against forces that seem to now have a firm hand in our country. Never afraid and always pushing back. Scott from Inver Grove—that's a—that's a pessimistic note from a usually optimistic really fellow. Yeah. Yikes. He was talking about last night's Saints game that Buxton tripled. Mm-hmm. Did he run to third?
4: I, I think his decelerating. Yeah. Decel- He's dec- having a hard time slowing down. Deceleration? De, de, de- deacceleration. Deceleration was fine. Deacceleration? Deceleration.
1: Robin de-acceleration. Wansley Warlobel, <laughs> yeah, Asia <yeah>. Shugate, <laughs> <Yeah>. and Samantha <laughs> Pre Stinson wrote a piece today in the Star Tribune. They're very worried that George Floyd Square will somehow become gentrified. Let me tell you who they are. Robin Wonsley-Rolobah is a candidate for the Minneapolis City Councils in the second ward. Mm-hmm. Asia Chughate, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, is a City Council candidate in the 10th ward. And Samantha Pree-Stinson is a candidate for the Minneapolis Board of Estimate and Taxation. And what I took from their piece is they're very worried that some corporate influence will be brought to bear on, on 38th in Chicago. And so they fear upscale restaurants and apartments and things. I think they're being terribly optimistic if they think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. but. Yeah. <laughs> uh but these are these are see they're running because the current uh, holders of office are not left enough. They want to run to make sure that that there aren't upscale restaurants and and nice apartments. So they uh, corporate forces in the city have a clear vision of what transforming George Floyd Square means to them. It's our job to stop them. We must stand with the community at George Floyd Square and their 24 demands, which means building a strong united government against gentrification that means protests rallies organizing direct action by working people it means unions faith communities and nonprofits standing strong together against corporate interests it means interrogating the fund interrogating the funding behind our movement, and maintaining political independence from compromised actors in City Hall. See, huh? the crackpots we got in City Hall are not left enough for these people.
0: Well, Joe, right in the middle of this, yeah. did you notice they go after uh, Fry? They go after yeah. the yeah. DFL Senior Caucus. Yeah. Yeah. Making your point, yeah. uh, they're not left enough. Well, let me read right. that, that, too. Fell-
3: Where's that? That's what's so funny. It's the insane left going after the liberal yeah. left.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, putting... And j- Putting local up, groups at the tip of a corporate counterinsurgency is a tactic that's been used throughout history in countries around the world because the ruling class has found it to be extremely effective. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was key to bringing down the Black Panthers when that group's multiracial solidarity work became a real threat to the establishment. Now this same tactic is being used by, the, by Steve Kramer of the Downtown Council, Mayor Fry, Police Chief Arredondo. Operation Safety Now, a new 612, the DFL Senior Caucus, and a host of other pro-police and pro-corporate players. These are the politically and economically powerful forces who are doubling down to block real change. They offer no change. They want to keep this a dump what is
3: wrong and and they refer to them all as the shadow city council (laughs) the people that just want the street open
1: minneapolis is doomed it's it this free fall continues
4: imagine if you're a small business owner that made it all right between what happened the weekend of george floyd and, and then afterwards and covid you made it, all right? You're like, okay, now it's finally time I can breathe. People can come back into my
1: establishment. And then you read this. How quickly can you access the Google? Right, you. Ready. You. What do you need? <laughs> look up. Well, who are these people? Look up yeah, Robin.
0: Well, I'm, I'm on,
3: uh, I'm what I want to know you. is their ages. Can you get their ages? Well, look up because Robin
4: Wansley, Yeah, Robin
1: Wonsley. W o n s l e y. W o n s l e y. One more name.
4: Warbluff.
1: Yeah. Oh, w- yeah. W right o
4: r. Oh yeah. We we got to meet Robin. L o b a h. Robin yeah. from Minneapolis. Joe, she's running for ward two. How old is she? She's twenty nine years
1: old. Oh. What happened? What happened, Reavers? Reavers, what happened? Nothing.
4: We don't we don't comment on certain things.
1: Okay. Oh, okay.
3: Well, uh, ward two, by the way, is Cam Gordon's ward, and that is the ward that covers both sides of the Mississippi. You know which one I'm speaking of, correct? Oh God, you guys are looking at the picture, aren't you?
4: I don't know what you're talking. I was making sure my kids were okay. Just say what does it say? Does it say what Robin does for a living? Here we go. Robin Wansley Warboth is a 29 year old. Chicago native, who moved to Minneapolis in 2014 and has since lived in Prospect Park, Como, and Cedar Riverside. Prior to making Ward 2 in Minneapolis her home, she graduated from Carleton College in 2013 and spent the following year completing a Thomas J. Watson Fellowship, where she researched effective reintegration and reentry programs and policies for recently released women in Canada, Hmm. Ireland, Australia, and South Africa. Upon moving to Minneapolis, she began her role as Program Coordinator for the University of Minnesota's Women's Center. Robin also enjoyed the Board of Directors for...
1: <laughs> um, In other words, she hasn't had a job. She yet. hasn't had a job. So, yeah, yeah.
3: You had your headphones off there, Such. Uh, yeah. This is Ward 2 is Cam Gordon's uh, ward, mm-hmm. and it's the ward that runs on both sides of the Mississippi. Now, when you drive up and down the Mississippi where uh, Minneapolis is on both sides, think of those homes. Mm-hmm. And think of the job that Cam Gordon must have trying to keep those residents paying tons of taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, Prospect Park, you know, lots of taxes coming in there. Now, can you imagine this half-wit? Trying to run Ward 2? No. <laughs> look And up. what she would do to those residents? The rest of this resume,
4: by the way, gentlemen, yeah. that's posted yeah, on yeah. Robin from Minneapolis. Yeah. Com, yeah, It's nothing but activist right. nonsense. Yeah. Look
0: up. Well, if, if I could add Aisha, yes. because I've been, I've been on her page here yeah. for a while. Who, John? Uh, she was uh, Aisha Chugtai, is it? All right. Chugtai. She's ward, for, uh, she... running for Ward 10. She's running for Ward 10. Okay. Uh, let
3: me look she, that up
0: she's okay. a political she's a political organizer oh. for service employees international union Ooh, minnesota state council that's a bad thing let's, let's talk resume like chris said i've spent most of my career working to elect progressive and socialist candidates Great. i served as campaign manager to Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Oh Dear my God. God. Oh, God. God. I worked on campaigns like Aaron Murphy for governor, Raymond Dane for mayor, and Bernie Sanders for president. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: here's my prediction Ward 10 is Lisa Bender's ward. Now that's the that's ward uptown. that includes uptown, right? Yep. $100 says this whack job will get elected. Oh, well, because yes. Bender's not Bender's yeah. leaving. Yeah, Bender's right, leaving. Right right, right, right. Hey,
4: by the way, on, on Robin from Minneapolis, yeah. she lists her platform. Do you guys want to know the, uh, sure. the list of things? because it's,
1: it's going to be worse than the the current nutcase that holds the seat. This also
3: ban all ban
4: all scales, n- right? Not only that, gentlemen, but this is almost the che- this is it. almost the checklist. You know, you got to check yeah, each box. Yeah. Well, let's see the boxes she checked. Robin for Minneapolis's platform includes the following: public safety and healing, mm-hmm. universal housing, <laughs> wow, climate justice, oh yeah, immigration justice, justice okay. Labor strong, right? Equity and education, right? LGBTQIA plus justice,
1: absolutely.
4: And the following, which is the key, Joe: mm-hmm. tax the rich. Oh boy,
0: tax the
4: rich. Who are the only
1: uh, people in Minneapolis
4: paying taxes? Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, she's got a list of endorsements uh, in
1: her community. Um, oh, my God. Up, would you want to own a business in Uptown with this freight train coming at you? Um,
3: okay. Uh, I'm on Samantha Priest-Stinson's, and it said she was a candidate for Ward 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me look up Ward 3 here. Um, where is, oh, Ward 3 is just north of downtown. And mm-hmm. part of downtown, mm-hmm. um, um, including a uh, Nicolet Island, and uh, that you know, Hennepin Central, et cetera, et cetera, and portions of downtown. Her deal. Wait, biography.
1: I think I, I, think, I think that w- this editorial they've written can be summed up by saying that they don't want any privatization of property.
4: Yeah. Hmm. What yeah. do you got there, Reeves? Um, I did some further investigation okay. on Robin from Minneapolis and um gentlemen, we have some competition mm-hmm. Uh-oh. she has a podcast Really? Oh. well you wanna you wanna you wanna sample you know snippet <laughs> why not it's uh well each i've only I'm only seeing a couple of episodes and they look to be about anywhere from thirty minutes to maybe just shy of an hour long mm-hmm. um here's the introduction to she calls it the robin's nest all right podcast Fine. okay yeah. here we go.
2: y'all welcome to robin's oh, nest God. a podcast about politics activism <clears> and organizing <throat> for a better minneapolis i'm your host robin onesley Wolaba. i am a community activist union organizer and weightlifter i am also running to be minneapolis first black socialist city council member oh boy so while we're hoping you'll tune in to get to know more about me and my campaign. This podcast is also a chance to learn about the fights for social justice happening it. across the Twin Not Cities. For sure, I right get now. the
4: explosion out of From him at community some point. he button
2: housing justice to what public education here? and climate change.
4: Make
3: it stop. Join
2: us each episode as we talk to activists, <laughs> organizers, and other leaders here in Minneapolis.
0: The Aisha points are also, I mean, exactly what Robin said, exactly the same stuff. But- oh, okay. Out of the
3: three, out of the three guys, I think the most qualified is the one we haven't talked about yet, Samantha Priestinson. But
1: she's running for oh. the Board of Estimate and Taxation. She's not running oh, she for a city council yeah, seat.
3: Yeah. Okay, okay, because, yeah, she was defeated in the general election in 2017 for Ward 3, but she actually has a resume a bachelor's from Franklin. Um, she was um, uh, associate director of education for Corinthian colleges. Uh, she worked for Medtronic. She was a medic in the U.S. Army. Uh, and she's had some jobs in the real world. So she's got no shot to win. <laughs> so she's got no – well, yeah. she's still a liberal and everything, but at least but it, she has But she's a, not a liberal resume. enough,
4: right. She's not woke right. enough. Oh, hey, okay. by the way, one more quick thing on um, – Robin from Minneapolis. Joe, will you hand me your credit card? Because I can donate to Robin from Minneapolis. We might want to get her some money out, up and running off the ground here.
1: It's I wish you guys could see his face. <laughs> I, I just... Uh...
4: Just think, if you are a business owner in Minneapolis and you saw this, if you're Mike Frataloni, if you're our friends at Elevated, if you're think of that. What hope do you have? Can we go back to
3: the editorial here? Yeah. This one paragraph you missed, this just brings me delight. For the past year, George Floyd Square has been a sacred place, a place for healing and a place for building community run by community members. What's the future of George Fla- Floyd Square under corporate leadership? Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and you can see it. Condos, upscale restaurants, chain stores, generating wealth for a select few while community members are priced out. Public services and schools remain underfunded, and racial inequity intensifies. You can imagine it there because we've all seen it before. Mm -hmm. That will not happen in that neighborhood for 100 years, no matter who is on the city council.
1: That will never happen. But the the ideological ground floor of someone like this Robin woman is that uh, corporations are bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the ideological ground that she stands on is that, well, she's a socialist. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. a damn commie. Um, you they, know, our they friend they want a third
4: they want it to be a third world country. Our friend Lee, our mole, she has sent us a, a couple of videos from a woman by the name of Marsha Howard. Mm-hmm. Who, why do
1: I know that name?
4: Well, Joe, because she's in charge of the autonomous zone That's inside right. of 38th she's, she's in Chicago. The, isn't she the former,
1: former Marine? Former Marine, yep.
4: And uh, she's been posting videos on TikTok. Joe, okay. I know you're a big TikTok guy. Sure. Uh, about mm-hmm. why they're keeping it closed and it will never reopen. Okay. Commended ourselves on our attempts to keep this place safe, secure, sanitary, sustainable, and sacred. Uh, now that it's open up. Uh, I'm curious as to where that still stands. If you notice, I am outside of the square. I ain't in there. So anything that happens that threatens the safety and security of the square that might lead to police coming in, I think what they want to do is to cause like a desecration to violate what was sacred because for months and months and months it was...
1: There's so much to say here, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we'll start with the Sousherism. With each new election, you'll regret the person who got defeated because the left only runs against the left because they're not left enough. So what you're saying is they're proud socialists. They don't attempt to hide it. They have a view of the world that is the exact opposite of garage logic. The exact opposite
4: so you're saying in about eight to ten years we're going to regret not having robin from minneapolis that's what i'm saying
1: (laughs) has there ever
4: been a time in
3: history where that has not been the case for the democratic side of the aisle
1: well that's a great question uh who succeeded jfk as a democratic president lbj
3: lbj LBJ. well i missed
1: it i missed jfk but he didn't get defeated in an election
3: no. And then uh, Nixon, Jimmy Carter. Ford, Carter, mm-hmm. Reagan, and then a bunch of Bushes.
1: Mm-hmm. And Clinton. And, Clinton. Right. and
3: the next and Democrat. And Bill.
1: Yeah, but I miss Clinton compared to Biden. Well, he's a rip-roaring yeah. Republican compared yes. to... Yeah. Yeah,
3: and Clinton was better than um, Jimmy.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: But it was two terms of Reagan between
1: that, yeah. right? Yeah. The... Uh, uh, I don't miss Obama, because all Biden's doing is finishing Obama's agenda. We're bringing it more to worse. fruition.
3: I think he's worse.
1: Yeah. But th- this is a shame, because uh, how has it happened that politics are now in Minneapolis? Let's just keep it to Minneapolis. Well, you could do it to St. Paul, too. But how is it? How did it happen that politics is owned right now by the likes of this Robin Williams? How's that happened?
3: It's conservatives giving up. It's what we've talked about many, many times. Giving up the fight. It doesn't doesn't matter how good the conservative
4: candidate is in Minneapolis. They've got no shot. Well, Kenny, the, the one that you just read, I jokingly said that. And she's a liberal. She's got no shot to get elected in that city. Are you kidding me?
3: Well, uh, thankfully, like Joe pointed out, and I didn't realize, she's not running for council. Oh, that's right. She's a a candidate for the Minneapolis Board of Estimates and Taxation. Uh, And and frankly, after I read her resume, I'm kind of surprised that she signed on to this ridiculous opinion piece. Mm
0: -hmm. There's... There's one from Aisha. There's a line here, Joe, directly, which you said five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, community investment. Too much of the wealth of our community ends up in the pockets of major corporations and the 1%. Mm-hmm. What, what,
1: what are we to do to fix that?
0: Well, we can combat wealth inequality, Joe, by encouraging investment in our own community. Okay. Expand- what, what
1: am I to invest in?
0: Expand the Office of Small Business Navigator to make it easier and more affordable to start and maintain small businesses. Ensure black, brown, indigenous, and immigrant-owned businesses get multiple grants and recovery funds and take over empty storefronts. And uh, there's more.
1: Wasn't it heartening to learn how many contracts Enbridge has with uh, native contractors? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a company that's being very careful. Mm -hmm. It's being very careful.
3: They don't have any choice. Well, and they
1: got approval. Like Kenny was mentioning, the part...
4: Oh, 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 was it Mille
1: Lacs or Leech Lake? Did
4: you say Fond that du Lac.
1: Fond
3: du Oh, yeah, Fond sorry. Lack.
4: Yes,
1: okay. A uh, band, yeah. We got to get away, man. We got to escape this noise. No and, and if Robin gets elected, I'm moving permanently to Giants Ridge. <laughs> and I don't even live in Minneapolis. And then I can play the quarry and the legend every day, two of the greatest public courses in the country. What I like is they have group golf rates for groups of eight or more. So you want to put together a tournament this summer with your buddies or your family members? They'll customize a tournament for you. Uh, it's a 37-hole special underway, too. Play the legend and the quarry on the same day. 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf plus lunch on them for 160 bucks plus tax on weekdays and $175 plus tax on weekends. Check out that price compared to other famous public courses like Pebble Beach. What's that up to now? About $600 around, I think? Something I'd have to like look that. it up. What? I'd have to look it up. Really? I'd, well, I'd have to look it up. I might be a little high. But uh, and remember that at Giants Ridge, it's more than golf. It's water recreation, hiking, and biking, and nature, and the newest and largest lift-served mountain bike park in the Midwest. Uh, it's 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 fantastic, and it's gorgeous. View view those 3D course flyovers of the Legend and the Quarry at GiantsRidge.com. And learn more and book tea times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling Giants Ridge at 218-865-8030.
4: We remembered this time. Truth, justice, and the Souseret. We are one day
3: closer to tomorrow, Thursday, June 10th. That's when the big old-fashioned capitalist sales party is happening in Stillwater at Soty Cigars, Uh, a sales event with the Romeo and Julieta brand, one of the best cigars ever rolled. And, uh, you know, if you're going to put a flame to a cigar, why not make it a Romeo and Julieta? Uh, purchased from Sody Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater. It's the place to stock up a wide variety of absolutely everything, a wonderful smoking lounge uh, with a great ventilation system so you won't go home stinking of smoke Uh, and the knowledge that the guys at SOTY's have to help you pick out exactly what's right for you and why not tomorrow Make it a uh, Romeo and Julietta. They're a great cigar. I've had a many of them, and I love them. Uh, and while you're there, you can get yourself a membership. That's where you get a personal cigar locker and a 15% discount on all merchandise there. Right off Highway 36 on, on, on Osgood and Stillwater and on the web at sodyscigars.com.
1: Here is John Height.
0: Thank you, Joe. Uh, not to bring an off-air portion into this, but we're talking about why That's sports illegal, cars John. are called sports oh, cars, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Well, uh, the only thing I could find online was in the post-war era, sports car referred to a car that seats two, has a soft top, and could be used for competition. Yeah. Hence, the Sports Car Club of America, right. name, kind of, right. because it could right. be used in competition. And my my right?
1: my guess was it was because it required a sporting effort to drive some of those yeah. primitive. Cars. Yeah,
0: we'll accept both answers. All right. huh? yeah, yeah,
1: close yeah. enough. Yeah.
0: The, uh, in news, the Supreme Court in Minnesota will hear or uh, is hearing oral arguments today. In the case of Mohamed Noor, the former Minneapolis police officer who was convicted of third-degree murder in the shooting death of a woman who had called 911 to report a possible sexual assault behind her home. Nor's attorneys argued a divided Minnesota court of appeals failed to follow legal precedents, defining third-degree murder when it affirmed his conviction. The high court's decision had repercussions for another high-profile police case, the death of George Floyd. Besides second-degree murder, former Minneapolis Police Officer Derek Chauvin was also convicted in April of third-degree murder as well as second-degree manslaughter because of that decision. Can we pause a second, John? Um, Chris Revers in the past has
3: been known to uh, post a video on YouTube that uh, is not flattering on, uh, on the old soul man, Kenny Olson. I end up being embarrassed because this video makes it onto the air and then people comment on it on social media. I think I'm going to have to put my foot down and uh, insist that Chris uh, post-video of, uh, of us today and maybe the start of the news where Chris is being the angry dad, mm. pointing at his kids <laughs> in the next room, the, uh, getting up and going over there in a huff and stomping back and sitting down and then yeah. giving them the stink eye. Maybe, you wouldn't,
1: uh, maybe you wouldn't feel so slighted if you didn't dress every day in a gas station uniform. <laughs> <laughs> sous with the zinger.
4: <laughs> Which video are you talking about? Are you talking about the the photo Man. that I would routinely post of you snapping the ball for Alexandria High back in the late seventies? No,
3: no, the other day when you when I was trying to get your attention, and I oh, waved at you for that about one. ten yeah.
0: minutes. I, I, the still shot of the video. But Chris, you have no way of changing that, right? You, you just I really can't. It starts, it I mean, I,
4: yeah. I I can't. I just have to. I have edit points where I can cut it off, but then it's just over with. That's yeah. 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 Sorry, That's what Kenny. I
0: a former trooper with the Minnesota State Patrol admitted in court to texting himself nude photos from the phone of a woman he arrested last year. Yeah. That admission part of a guilty plea that allows him to avoid a felony conviction. Hennepin County prosecutors originally charged 37-year-old Albert Keene of Dayton with felony stalking but reduced the charge to non-consensual dissemination of private sexual images. That, instead of a felony, is a gross misdemeanor. Investigators say Keene took a 25-year-old woman's phone after she was involved in a single car accident at Interstate 94 and in Cedar Avenue in Minneapolis in March of last year. According to the complaint, Keen detained the woman on suspicion of driving under the influence and later searched her phone without her consent. Uh, when she got back home her boyfriend was using the woman's laptop computer which is linked to her cell phone laptop records showed the woman's phone was accessed and nude pictures of her were texted from it to an unknown phone the boyfriend called the phone number and the person who answered eventually identified himself as the patrolman according to the complaint The woman called a lawyer who reported the incident, and the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension began an investigation. Spokesperson for the state patrol said Keen was fired in October of last year. He'll be sentenced later this month. Uh, It
1: can't can't have been worth it. It just can't have been worth
4: it. Has this guy never heard of the Internet? I mean, if you were that desperate for photography, wow, what an idiot.
0: Undefeated. Uh, Our friends down at Five Eyewitness News, uh, did you see this report, the investigative report about the the various uh, drug use, shall we call it? Oh, my God, it's appalling. Oh, horrible. Uh, Police caught a woman smoking methamphetamine in the middle of the Lake Street platform. Paramedics carrying a man away on a stretcher after an apparent overdose on the Blue Line. Another man injecting a needle into his arm right below a transit surveillance camera. Metro Transit light rail trains and platforms, according to the investigation, have become hotspots for illegal drug use and overdoses. Advocates and operators say conditions on and around the trains are part of an ongoing public health crisis. Records show heavy and life-threatening drug use is most common at Union Depot, Lake Street, Mm. and Franklin platforms. Honest to God. One officer noting a day does not go by when there aren't needles and other drug paraphernalia one of the cases, officers said they found a 36-year-old man unresponsive on the floor of a blue line train at the Mall of America. Medics administered the overdose-reversing drug Narcan three times before taking him away on a stretcher. Uh, but even the incidents that don't end in overdoses can pose a threat to safety. New Year's Eve 2019, two officers said they observed a woman and two men appearing to be in the process of injecting drugs. One officer started to search the group but became concerned because... There were needles around. That's what he wrote in his report. It's uh, absolutely George Tomek, an ICU nurse, says it's a public health crisis. Needles are everywhere. I've got pictures of piles of needles on the train, said Honey Darling, a longtime union rep for Metro Transit. Darling testified in hearings at the state capitol last year. As recently as last month, a light rail operator requested police escorts on and off trains from the Franklin Station platform because of daily drug and alcohol.
1: Use. All I'm hearing is all the more reason to stay in a new Volkswagen, Fiat, or Alfa Romeo from Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. I'm not getting on that train right nope. now. I'm not getting on that train right now. 0% for 60 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles. The all new Volkswagen Taos is in stock. It's a new SUV, slightly smaller than the Tig one, but loaded with technology and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, they also have the id models available for june delivery the id4 it's an electric vehicle i've driven it if you're of the technological generation you will be absolutely amazed Uh, i'm i'm sorry about the 124 spiders i bet they're gone Uh, this is a multi-generational family this they don't own 40 stores this is it this is where i shop i have for years and i will continue to it's on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. The only way Schmelz competes with huge companies is by providing excellent customer service and maintaining relationships they've had for more than 50 years. That's true in my family's case. Uh, find out more at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Hey, John, really quick before we move on yeah. to your next story. Mm-hmm. In regards to light rail,
4: Joe's right. I mean, whatever money you were going to save on parking or what, it's not worth it. But B, do you know what they should have done during the pandemic when the crime was skyrocketing? They should have shut down the light rail to see if it had an in,
1: an impact on crime. It's a shame you don't read the read my newspaper column. Did you yeah, say that? About a month I ago did. I essentially wrote that
3: I'm a big fan I, Joe I, I of, your, of, yeah. of your writing I did read that but both of you are wrong uh, I mean what do you mean there are there are people that actually need that to get to their jobs and they don't yeah have that's cars, true that's and, true and they can't get there you know how are they
1: getting there before light rail hell if I know oh. the bus probably. probably
0: probably sources say White House insiders are perplexed
3: by some of way the tr- stop a second John I own the Krabby Coffee Shop. How long are you going to keep doing this? I read that piece you trotted out either last week or the week before. You have no controlling interest in the Krabby Coffee Shop. In I have does.
1: a 90% ownership interest. You don't own squat. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, by, by addendum. By <laughs> addendum. addendum. Yeah. Tell, me uh-huh. what, tell me what addendum means. I don't quick. know, but I got it. <laughs> Go ahead,
0: John. Don't be ridiculous. uh, (laughs) Sources say White House insiders are perplexed by some of the twists and turns on Kamala Harris's first foreign trip, where the vice president urged migrants not to come, dismissed a border trip as a grand gesture, and then said she'd make one. The vice president undertook the trip as a demonstration of her new role, focusing on the root causes of migration, meeting with the presidents of two countries to talk about poverty, migration and vaccines. She made a series of seemingly conflicting statements about a topic that was certain to surface her decision not to visit the border at the start of the administration. CNN reported that officials were concerned within the administration that whatever progress Harris had made on the leader-to-leader level might have been undermined by her conflicting answers and PR missteps. Uh, she also snapped at reporters a few times when questioned about a border visit.
4: But, John, she's never been to Europe either. I mean, she made yeah, that very clear. Yeah. It's fun watching the press turn on her. That's it, been enjoyable. Instead it of the normal softball questions that they allow in
0: the White House every day? Right. It could be a battle of the billionaires to see who can launch themselves into space first, as Richard Branson now could beat Jeff Bezos. The Amazon CEO announced yesterday he and his brother would be heading to space July 20th on Blue Origin's New Shepard spacecraft. However, according to a report by Doug Messier, Virgin Galactic is working on a plan to send Branson on a suborbital flight aboard the VSS Unity Spaceship Two rocket plane over the July 4th holiday weekend. If that's true, Branson would beat Bezos to space by 16 days, Messier said. His source wishes to remain anonymous, but the U.S. space journalist has been connected to credible sources in the past. You know, I think we lost him.
4: While we're at it, too, I mean, yeah, I was just thinking. There? You know, we were talking Chips? about we were talking about crime, and earlier in the show, we were kind of talking about the the new candidates for city council, and I think that. Um, you know, if if Minneapolis is in the process of, of if Minneapolis is in the process of doing it, I really don't think Saint Paul should be in it either.
3: Right? Yeah. Dude, just roll
1: that, moron. <laughs> Huh.
3: How long did it take you to dream that one up, or did
4: rookie serve that one up to you on a platter?
3: I don't know how I where, where, where'd you get that topic.
4: The you best know. part of when Joe mentions off the air that he has to write his column today, rookie asks every time, "Am I going to yeah. be in it?" <laughs> be in it? <laughs>
3: every time, every time. <laughs>
0: I don't uh, mean to be mean here. You wonder, though, how people could get this stupid. A Colorado high school principal has resigned after a photo surfaced on social media showing three students reenacting the murder of George Floyd to signify the ending of the school year. In a letter to parents that noted significant challenges during the year, St. Vrain Valley School Superintendent Don Haddad announced Monday that Meade High School principal Rachel Ayers had stepped down after 12 years as a teacher assistant principal and principal. An image posted on Snapchat last month showed a person in blackface on the ground with one person holding his arms and another person with a knee on his neck. Haddad addressed it yesterday saying it was brought to my attention that a disturbing and disgusting social media post depicting the reenactment of the killing of George Floyd was made by a group of students from Meade High School. According to the students, all it was supposed to show was that it was the end of the school year. Wait a minute. Why is this the principal's fault?
1: I've lost lost track myself. What role did the, the principal have in this?
0: Uh, the uh, they're not saying, of course, because as usual they say there's no
4: privacy, uh, they confidentiality, they to,
3: where or where is where, uh, Mead? Is this some uh, back uh, hillbilly peckerwood uh, town?
0: Where, where is this? It's Saint Vrain Valley Schools. I don't know where Saint Vrain is or Mead High School is, but uh, it's in Colorado somewhere. So, jeez, they're not saying uh, the connection between the two. So. Uh, Speaking of, uh, Joe, you missed a a climate story uh, here.
1: If I did, it was on purpose.
0: (laughs) Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez claimed during a Tuesday interview, the U.S.'s climate policy is one of the major reasons for migrants leaving Latin American countries for Mm -hmm. the U.S. Come on! Really? No! New New York Congresswoman made the comments during an appearance on the MSNBC program, All In with Chris Hayes. Following a clip of Vice President Harris in Guatemala telling people not to make the trek here, Hayes asked Ortagia Cortez about recent criticism she made of that message. The Democratic lawmaker answered the U.S. was partly to blame for conditions being bad in Latin American countries like Guatemala. She said one reason for that is, Climate policy in the U.S. is impacting the Global South disproportionately. Oh, I see. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ma- it makes yeah, it, absolutely. But wait a minute, because
4: two years ago, Joe, mm-hmm. she said we're down to 12 years. So we, now do we only have 10 left? Yep. Okay, so they're the going to come here to enjoy these last 10 years yeah, of well
3: Earth. Might as
1: well come up here and get the last 10. Oh,
3: got it. The, the problem is we can sit and laugh at that because we have a half a brain and we realize she's a moron. The people that voted for her, however, have zero brains, and they think that's true.
0: That's right. That's true. That's why Robin's going to get elected to represent Uptown. Well, speaking of, uh, let's see if I can twist this. Uh, Speaking of people voting for things, maybe they shouldn't. Rounding out our trio of weird stories, a new poll from Morning Consult and Political found that 29% 29% of Republican voters in the U.S. think Donald Trump will be reinstated as president this year.
1: Hmm. 29%. So their, their That's quite an embarrassment.
0: Uh, we don't know that. Of the 29% who said they believe Trump will be back in the White House, 17% of voters said it was a very likely scenario. 12% said it was somewhat likely. Uh, Still, a majority of Republicans don't think it's very likely at all that the former president will regain the Oval Office. 39% thought it was not likely at all, and 22% it was not very likely. Mm. Overall, 72% of voters polled said it's unlikely that Trump would ever be reinstated as commander-in-chief. More more than three-quarters of respondents, 77%, said they think America's democracy at this time is being threatened. That would be 82% of Republicans and 77% of Democrats.
3: Figure. So seventy-two percent don't believe it. Yet there was a headline in the Star Tribune earlier this week that says, "What does GOP stand for?" Right now, mm-hmm. it's all Trump. So th- this is this is garbage news. This mm-hmm. I'm not going to use the fake news term, but this is this is garbage. This is garbage.
1: Johnny, thank you. <laughs> yeah. We think.
4: I think. <laughs> But first, I would like to remind you about our good friends down in Harmony Spirits. After that newscast, I need a stiff
1: drink. Okay.
0: How about you, Such? (laughs) It's been a rough last half hour.
1: It's been a tough tough half hour.
4: I I forgot to make mention this last week, but uh, Harmony Spirits now has seltzer on tap down there in Harmony, Minnesota. Their tap room, by the way, is absolutely gorgeous. So if you're in the area, it's going to be another hot weekend. Make sure you stop in. But how about this email? I was... uh, in communication with our friend Marsha over at Fast Signs. Oh, yeah. In Roseville. She's gonna to put together another sign for me and she said, Hey Reeves, I can get this done for you, no problem at all. But I wanted to share my thoughts in regarding to Harmony Spirits. Fine. Vodka is my hard liquor of choice. I first discovered Harmony Spirits vodka at a tasting at a Total Wine and Spirits in Roseville last fall, and I fell in love in my book. It's comparable to Grey Goose. Well, thank you, Marsha. She also said that her neighborhood liquor store is at St. Anthony Village Wine and Spirits. They didn't carry Harmony, but I took your suggestion and recommended that they carry it. The next week, it was on the shelves. GLers. In action, Joe. That's what's happening here. Well, plus the sign. You get a sign. If they need, a, if you need a sign, get you a sign. They'll get it to you fast. Yeah, that's great. Right. So go on into get your local coming up, you know. liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name, and be like Marsha and continue to grow that Harmony brand. Also, check out their Twitter account and sign up for that monthly newsletter for upcoming tastings and events, including the Fourth of July car show that's going to be happening here in a couple of weeks down there in Harmony, Minnesota. And if you stop in at that tasting room, please let them know that the cast from GL sent you that way.
1: University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Sucherey.
3: There's more seafoam products available than the uh, motor treatment that we've been dumping in our tanks for uh, low these many years. Uh, Deep Creep, uh, my number one, it's a penetrating oil and lube that uh, not only does it not stink, but it works way better than anything else on the market that... We've probably been using for a year. You know know what? Bring those cans out to the range and shoot them. Watch them blow up. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Uh, And replace it all with the the deep creep, the high mileage motor treatment. That's going to keep your injectors clean and happy if you're running a high mileage vehicle. Gas or diesel doesn't matter. Trans tune for uh, any type of automatic transmission or hydraulic system, power steering systems. I actually used it in a power steering system over the winter. It was wonderful. And then we have, of course, Seafoam Marine Pro. That's good for for all sizes of both two- and four-stroke motors. Uh, and, of course, then the carb cleaner. We call it the top engine cleaner in Lube. It's the best carb injector uh, cylinder cleaner ever made. A wide variety of products to keep us happy. A global product uh, available worldwide. Seafoam, truly a great
1: product in a world of bad gas. I didn't get Tom Lyman's email again, but I know he sent it. So only because they come to us all the way from Marleth Park well wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute huh how do you know you got it
4: if you didn't get I know
1: it? he sent it because he 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 would send it but I don't. I don't know what's happened that I'm not getting them
4: hmm. so we can probably place this squarely on the shoulders
1: of operator air I checked the spam <laughs> file. you and did I, everything I did everything all yeah. right yeah all right but only because they come to us all the way from Marleth Park and Mumpumalanga, mm-hmm. South Africa from Tom Lyman it's on this day in Minnesota history, and I have a little quiz to see which one of you is Uh-oh. the is the sharpest. Yes. On this day in 1892, Ira S. Field died at the age of 78. He and his business partner John Wesley North co-founded what? Um,
0: 1892. Northfield. Ira, a-
1: oh, who just said something? I Northfield.
0: said Northfield.
1: You're right. It's Northfield. The town? Yeah. Home, Home of
4: Jesse James days. Ira
1: S. Field and his business partner, John Wesley North, co-founded Northfield.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. According to what I'm seeing, it's an individual retirement account. <laughs> what is? Oh that's oh that's IRA. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, speaking of uh, Jeez. Joe, I know how you like uh, in-depth stories. I'm not done with this day in history, but uh, you haven't lived until you've made out with a Northfield oh girl at Jesse God. James' days under the grandstand of watching the cars smash into each other. That's living, baby. That's pretty good. L i v i n living on, on this day, on Worse
1: this day in 1894, got,
0: got hijacked quickly, didn't
1: it? Joe? The steamer no. Northwest, built in Cleveland. James J. Hill's Northern Steamship Company arrived in up. Duluth, completing oh. its maiden voyage. Nice, mm-hmm. oh, huh. nice. Mm-hmm. And on this day in eight in 1979, 1979. Governor Al Quie called out the National Guard to protect truck drivers who continued to work during a nationwide yeah. strike. Wow,
4: that was
0: one mm. of the first news stories I covered in North Dakota. Really, it was. Yeah, it was. In North Dakota, it got pretty pretty ugly. A lot of stuff. So I'm
4: familiar. So these were the guys crossing the line, basically. But yeah, yeah I guess. were they pulled out of their rigs and stuff? I mean, was I it that? Know. I don't think the it, I don't were know.
0: Attacked and stuff. Wow. And, and stuff in North stuff. Dakota. Mm-hmm. Just how I covered it. And stuff. I'm <laughs> was, John Height with the news. <laughs> I was stuff. strictly
1: a sports columnist in 1979 and would not known a thing about it. Really? I was stupid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Say Spencer wants us to know he's got all his permits approved. So yeah, he's hoping to have the new store in Forest Lake open by the Fourth of July cool. festivities. Uh, but also, Wagyu steaks are plentiful now, and Wagyu burgers. And do you have any? Did you get a note from Spencer? I did. Isn't uh, there a three brat special or something like that? So
4: here's the deal: as you mentioned, Wagyu steaks and burgers—they're stocked up, baby. Go get those while they last. Also, Grunhoppers is now offering single brats. Yeah. Three flavors to choose from, and hamburger patties. Uh, Grunhuffers can help with steaks, burgers, and chicken for your graduation parties, weddings, rehearsal dinners, et cetera. Well,
1: go back to the the single brat. Yeah, can is do they? Do you get three, and you could pick three of different flavors? There you go. I bet that's what it is. It's huh? like a, it's a, a
4: sampler pack. Oh, you can try all sorts of yeah. them. I like that cheese curd, uh,
1: the, what is it, Ellsworth Creamery? Ellsworth cheese Creamery, yeah. That, that sounds really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, one, we got to make a run one of these days. Mm-hmm. It's Grunhofer's. It's on the Highway of Meat and Love, Highway 61. It's right at the north end of Hugo. Uh, Kelsey sent me a picture of a, there's a rare bird, a plimpkin or something like that, that's in town from Florida. A, <laughs> I'd rather read a book. <laughs>
4: Oh my god, I wish Rookie was here
1: today. And it was hanging out by uh, it's in Hugo. It's yeah. in Hugo. And, wow. and uh it uh, was right here, those uh, questions <laughs> I used to ask Joe when we were in Radio. Right, I'd call on right the talk back yeah. Hey George. Hey you Jerry, ever heard of have a, a Plumpkin? George. <laughs> no.
4: It was George, right? George Plumpkin. George Plumpkin. Yeah. yeah
1: okay. By the
4: way, we got we all had a note from Kevin Jack on Twitter. Uh, okay. He is on the highway of love and meat this morning. This was about two hours oh, ago yeah. with his car parked right there in front of Grunhofer's Old Fashioned meat. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Well, so good old thank you, G. Good old yeah. George. Thank you. George Plimpton. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of George, if your name is George, you should such download such the PotMN <laughs> app and you should also subscribe to the garage logic youtube channel because i have a feeling that the last 30 seconds is going to end up making it on the GL youtube channel where you get to see all the hijinks and maybe background video of me yelling at my kids because they're not listening It's uh, it's all there for you at the uh, garage logic youtube channel for george and the boys we'll see you tomorrow wow